Chapter Four of Half Past Bedtime. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Half Past Bedtime by Henry Bashford. Chapter Four. Uncle Joe's Story. Marion's mummy used to read the Bible to her so that she knew all about Adam and Eve But she never knew that Eve had a little daughter until uncle Joe told her this story Next to her mummy and daddy Marion loved uncle Joe better than anybody in the whole world He lived in a little house tucked into a sort of dimple on the side of Fairbarrow down and a man called mr Parker lived with him and helped to keep the place tidy Uncle Joe had been a soldier in a lot of queer countries a long way off and when Marion and Cuthbert asked him what he had fought for He generally used to tell them that it was for lost causes In between wars he had done lots of other things such as trying to find out what caused diseases Or whether plants that grew in some places could be made to grow in others Mr. Parker had been a soldier too a soldier of misfortune he used to say and he had saved uncle Joe's life three times and uncle Joe had saved his life twice Uncle Joe's face was yellowish brown because he had been in the Sun so much and had fever But mr. Parker's face was red and one of his eyes was made of glass Mr. Parker used to call himself a lone lawn orphan though He was much fatter than uncle Joe and afterward he used to spit and say that it was rough weather in the Baltic it was about a fortnight after Cuthbert and Doris had come back from the Arctic Circle that Uncle Joe told Marion this story while they were sitting under one of his apple trees Some of the apple petals had begun to drop leaving the tiny weeny baby apples behind them and The only really ripe apples in Uncle Joe's garden were the two apples in Marion's cheeks But those aren't real apples said Marion Well, it all depends said Uncle Joe on what you mean by real you see said mr. Parker who had just come out to mow the lawn There's more kinds of apples than a few there's eating apples and cooking apples and pine apples and crab apples And there's oak apples and Adam's apples and the apples what you see in little girls cheeks Kissing apples said uncle Joe They're one of the most important kinds He began to fill his pipe and now that I come to think of it he said they're one of the oldest kinds too as old as mr. Jug asked Marion or the little ice men Well said uncle Joe. I don't know about that But they're certainly as old as Eve's little girl and then he began to tell Marion all about her I'm not quite sure he said what her name was it might have been Gretchen or Olga or it might have been Seraphine or Mary Louise but I rather think that it was Bella of course you remember what happened in the Garden of Eden and how Adam and Eve had to leave it Not because the good Lord wanted to turn them out, but because he knew that they could never be happy there anymore Every hour that they stayed they would have become more and more miserable and if they had come back It would have broken their hearts. So he had to put two angels to guard the gate You see he had wanted them to be sort of grown-up babies in the loveliest nursery ever imagined and to be able to go there and play games with them whenever he was tired of ruling the universe 
but when once they had heard about growing up and choosing for themselves and things of that sort they could never have been babies any more and it would have been cruel to keep them in the nursery of course they didn't understand that and they thought it very hard and very often they used to grumble and when they had learned to write they used to send him angry letters and say bad things about him in books it was chiefly because they had to work and learn to look after themselves but that was the only way as the good lord saw in which they could ever be happy again they weren't content he thought just to be my playthings so now they must learn to be my comrades and perhaps in the end that'll be the best for everybody though it'll be a long long time before they've learnt how and then he sighed as he saw the empty nursery and all the animals that they used to play with just as fathers and mothers sigh now when their babies grow up and have to go to school so adam and eve had to leave the garden and just outside it there was a big town full of houses and factories and chimneys and men and women who worked all day long who were those men and women and where did they come from well it's rather hard to explain you see adam and eve through never having grown up had been in the garden for thousands and thousands of years but outside the garden there were seas and deserts and thick hot jungles full of wild animals some of these animals had looked through the railings and been very struck with adam and eve and sort of wished in the bottoms of their hearts that they could have children just like them some of them wished so hard that their next lot of children actually did become a little like them and their grandchildren became liker still and at last their great-great-grandchildren became real men and women of course they weren't garden men and women like adam and eve they were just jungle men and women running wild well after thousands of years these jungle men and women became so clever that they cleared away the jungle and then they dug fields and planted hedges and sowed corn and built towns and those were the people that adam and eve found when they left the garden and began to look for work later on adam and eve's children married the children of the jungle people so that now all the people in the world are half garden and half jungle even clergymen asked marian uncle joe nodded yes and policemen and postmen too and lone lorn orphans said mr parker and the man what comes to mend the bath but that's jumping forward said uncle joe a long time for when adam and eve left the garden they didn't even know what children were and their hearts were full of bitterness against the good lord god that was one of the reasons why he thought it would be so nice for them to have a little girl of their own because then in time they might begin to guess he thought something of what he felt toward themselves so about a year after they had left the garden little bella was born and they both thought that she was the loveliest baby that they had ever seen since the world began poor adam and eve were then living in a dark street on the outskirts of the town and all that they could afford was one room on the top floor at the back adam had got work at one of the factories where they made boots and shoes but he was only a beginner of course and hadn't learnt much so his wages were very small sometimes eve took in a little washing or got a job from somebody of darning socks but she did her best to keep the home tidy and some fresh flowers on the mantelpiece every day too she put crumbs on the window-sill and soon she had made friends with the birds that came and ate them 
and sometimes a bird would fly from the garden and feed from her hand and tell her the news both adam and eve you see knew the bird's language through having lived with them for so long but they were never able to teach it to their children and since they died no one has ever learnt it soon after bella was born adam got a rise in wages but soon after that eve had another baby and then she had some more and though they rented another room or two they were always poor and often hungry but after a while they began to think less often of their old life in the garden of eden and sometimes they would even wonder whether they would go back there if the good lord god gave them a chance you see in spite of their poverty and their hard work and the noise and smells of the great town they had learned what it meant to have children and to bend over their cots and kiss them good night when bella was eight she was rather a fat little girl with dark eyes and an impudent mouth and she wore her hair in a long pigtail and her nose was ever so slightly turned up adam and eve thought that she was beautiful but everybody else thought her quite ordinary and she spent most of her time in the streets though she was always punctual for meals she had lots of friends most of them boys but every now and then she would get tired of them all and those were the times when she would go exploring and generally end up by hurting herself eve was too busy ever to bother much about what bella did or where she went and the garden of eden was the only place that she had strictly forbidden her to go near it was one of the rules of course that nobody was to go near it and there were angels at the gate with swords of flame and this was a rule eve thought that it would be very much worse for one of her children to break than for anybody else so she had always told bella never to go never even to go up the street that led into the fields just outside the garden and if bella hadn't been feeling bored on this particular day it was just a week after her birthday and if it hadn't been so hot and the sun so scorching and the streets so dusty and everybody so cross and if bella hadn't been inquisitive just like her mother used to be and if she hadn't sort of happened to be walking up the street and if the fields at the end of it hadn't seemed so cool and inviting and if bobby g who was a great friend of hers hadn't dared her to do it well there's no saying but perhaps after all bella wouldn't have stood looking at those dreadful gates there was now only a strip of grass between her and the garden and she could see it stretched there beyond the railings it was the middle of the afternoon and so heavy was the sunshine that the leaves of the trees were all pressed down by it none of them stirred there was no sound the lawns beneath them looked like wax and where were the angels bella held her breath there were none to be seen there were only the sentry boxes very cautiously she took a step or two forward her bare feet made no noise the bars of the gate quivered in the heat then she stopped again and listened at first she heard nothing but then very very faint there came to her ears the ghost of a sound it came and died and came and died like the waves of a sea hundreds of miles off she crept nearer and listened again and now there were two sounds rising and falling they came from the sentry boxes one on each side of the gate the angels inside were fast asleep bella bit her lip and crept forward she could feel her heart thumping like a mouse in a cage the sense of the garden came to meet her she could see its curved and vanishing pathways 
but what caught her eyes and made them grow round was a bending tree just inside the gate with her hands on the bars she stood looking at it and presently her mouth began to water for from every branch of it there hung such apples as she had never seen in all her life and from the lowest bough there hung an apple which was the biggest and most beautiful of them all and then another thing happened for as she pressed against the bars the great gate began to move very slowly it swung open and still the angels were fast asleep her heart was beating now like two clocks at once what an apple it would be to eat a bright colored bird hopped across the grass and stood looking up at her with an inquiring eye she glanced round about her and over her shoulder but there was nobody in sight dared she go in she thought about the rules and what her mother had said and then she remembered bobby g the angels were still breathing lightly and regularly the bright colored bird had flown away then she took a bold step and went into the garden and tiptoed softly up to the tree the apple was so ripe that it was nearly ready to drop and it was just on a level with the tip of her nose it smelt like honey and when she touched it it was cool as marble then she touched it again and caught hold of it and somehow or other it came off the tree she lifted it to her lips and it felt like a kiss and then a voice behind her said well she jumped round almost dropping the apple it was the good lord who stood looking at her what are you doing she hid the apple behind her but his eyes shone through her like light through a window she hung her head are you eve's little girl he asked bella nodded she couldn't say a word i thought you must be he said he put his finger under her chin there came a sound like the rushing of a great wind the two angels had heard his voice and drawn their swords and leapt into the garden in another moment bella thought they would have killed her but the good lord god held up his hand the two angels stood one on each side of him leaning on their swords and looking rather downcast bella held out her hand the good lord god bent forward and took the apple away from her well what excuse have you he said for stealing my apples bella considered for a moment then she thought of one please sir mother did it she told me so but you knew the rules said the good lord god bella hung her head again she knew them quite well and the rules must be obeyed he said bella began to tremble there was a moment's silence the two angels stood like statues still leaning on their swords then the good lord spoke again look at me he said bella lifted her eyes and saw the world without end he gave her back the apple well you may keep it he went on on condition that you give half of it to bobby g bella said thank you sir but that's not all he continued he bent forward and touched her cheeks for i hereby ordain he said that now and for ever every little girl and every little boy shall wear apples in their cheeks in remembrance of what you have done they shall be known as the brand of eden for little thieves and their parents must see to it on pain of my displeasure that they shall never be allowed to fade away then he bent still lower 
and gave Bella a kiss and the tall angels let her outside the gate and that's why it is that the apples in little girl's cheeks are almost the oldest kind in the world Uncle Joe lit his pipe From where they were sitting they could see the country for miles and miles Down below them the town looked quite small and the spire of st. Peter's Church just like a toy spire Far behind it beyond the level cornlands the Sun was dropping into the evening mists it grew rosier and rosier until it almost looked like an apple itself Mr. Parker winked at Marion Rough weather he said in the Baltic Then he spat in his hands and rubbed them together Well, I must be getting along he said with this here lawn mowing Eden had an apple tree Eve a little daughter tried to do as mother did but the good Lord caught her Wherefore tis ordained he said here and in all places Children shall henceforward wear apples in their faces End of chapter 4